I don't know about y'all, but technical interviews can be so nerve wracking. But don't worry, because we're going to give you all the tips to ace your next technical interview. Hi, everybody. It's Samantha and Sydney, and we're back with another episode on the Deeper Than Tech podcast, where we talk about how to grow your career in an industry that was not designed with us in mind. We'll dive deep into this topic, but if you could give us a like, subscribe, all that good stuff, we greatly appreciate it. For those who don't know, let's kind of explain what a technical interview is. So the process of a technical interview is the very high level of it is that we need to make sure that you're able to say what you actually can do from what you have put on your resume, that you are able to evaluate a certain type of problem you are going to be i don't like saying proving but basically like making sure that we do some type of mental check on if whether or not you were able to execute solving a problem via coding i think that's the best high level view of how to like say this i think that's correct (laughs) and there's there's different types of technical interviews there's like a whiteboarding interview there's a coding challenge there's system designs like it's like a surprise every time you go into a technical interview like what are they going to show me this time oh my gosh countless problems that you can have my mom i tell her all the time about like technical interviews And she'll tell people that, like, it's like a standardized test that nobody tells you to, like, study for. Just You just have to, like, wing it so hard. And I hate that she does that because it's so true. But (laughs) there are ways that you can study for it. But just nobody's found a better way, I guess, to do better interviews. (laughs) Some companies do like hard ones (laughs) like google is like six hour long technical interview and then some companies do like an easy one so like you study really hard but you just don't know what to study for at a given time i feel like it's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day of me complaining about technical (laughs) interviews but we're here to teach you how to ace them because we both have done them because we're both full-time software engineers over here snap snap yes yes, so (laughs) you've said that we could prepare for them how can you start preparing for technical interviews? I Okay, so I have my own system and I will go into a little bit more detail with this because I, I really do think that this is a system that has helped me get better at practicing solving that problem kind of in the moment. But again, knowing how to technical interview is a completely different skill than actually being able to like code in real life scenarios. And so I think that people like put these two kind of in the same category when in some cases you really should not be. And these are specifically like sample interview scenarios. Like majority of the things that a lot of these like technical interviews are talking about, you probably will not encounter these like things that they are asking you to do in real life. So my process with technical interviews is how I study for them particularly is that I have a list of coding problems that I look at. And this is going to depend on where you decide that you have your preferences to look at them 
there's leak code, there's algo experts. I have a book called Daily Coding Problem. They have a free email list if you want to see coding problems. There's Interview Cake. There's so many places where you can get these particular lists of interview questions. No excuses, y'all. No excuses. Ooh, <laughs> like, and a lot of them are free. free so free, free. like, again, that YouTube University, that Google University, you know, it's out there. It is out there. So pick a list. You know, of course, for all of my people out there that are trying to get into the tech industry right now, like, of course, you start picking some of the easy ones just to kind of get your feet wet, see what happens. So what I do is that because the interviews typically are timed, I will put a timer on for 30 minutes. So within these 30 minutes, I need to make sure that I do a couple of things. First off, I uh, want to make sure that I'm able to read the problem, like give myself five minutes to read the problem. This is where I can do this out loud to make sure that I'm like very cognizant and attentive of like what exactly the problem is telling me that I do or do not have. Within that space, I need to start writing down a checklist of the things that I know from this particular read of the problem. So what do they need from me to like actually do the thing? And then exactly what output am I needing to get from this? Is it a string? Is it a number? Is it a Boolean? Whatever, it, it doesn't matter. Like what is the particular output? If you can think of examples of like what an input would be versus what an output would be, put that down too. So write as much as you can in those like couple of minutes. And then you start taking that time, maybe like 15, minutes to start like trying to solve the problem right and so at this point what I feel like you need to do first is make sure that you either like log to the console that okay is this function declared and like is this going to work if I am like console.log like hello world or something okay does that work cool so now that I have my function defined okay so now I can start going through my checklist of the things that I think that I need for this particular problem to work and now I can start experimenting as much as possible with the things that I think that I need to do one step at a time and as you're going because you already have your function executing to where like you see that it's like logged to the console or whatever, it's going to be easier to evaluate very fast whether or not you're doing something wrong or not. So now you can start eliminating the paths that don't work for you. So as long as you keep going on with that, take the time that you need to to like go through step by step of what you think you need to do, talk out as much as you can, make sure that you keep your, what is it, your comments as like clear from inside of the function as possible and things until the time runs out. So when the time runs out, you stop, you stop, you drop everything. And this is going to be the time where you like take a break, reflect like, okay, I did this. You know, you really need to be proud of yourself because again, this is a skill. This is a skill that is very unique <laughs> and it's a whole thing that you need to like acquire. And from there, after you've taken that break, if you solve the problem, great. That's awesome. Like you did good. Congratulations. Like pour yourself a drink or like do a dance or whatever. Like you did it. I'm so proud of you. If you didn't do it right, then this is kind of the time to start reflecting on, okay, so what could I have done better to like try and get everything down onto the console faster? What could I have evaluated a little bit better in terms of what they were looking for for the output? So that might mean 
again, going to YouTube University, going to LeetCode to find some of the answers, but you're not just gonna like go copy down the answers. What you're gonna be doing is that you're gonna be looking line by line in their solution to evaluate what exactly path, what path did they take to actually like get that solution. And if you didn't get the solution in those 30 minutes, that's fine. You do that problem again the next day. Same format, same process. You do that every single day until you get that one right. And then you move on to the next one. It is long, it is arduous, but it has worked for me every single time that I have done it. And I don't know, it, it, I think that it gives you a way to kind of like rinse and repeat for what you feel you need to do in terms of like your weak points to help you kind of evaluate what exactly is out there for your strengths and your weaknesses. So yeah, yeah, that's that's my thing. That's my system. <laughs> I love your system. I love that you said, hey, let's make sure we time box it into a certain amount of time. Then you broke up that time into different quarters. Like the first quarter would be like, make sure you get the inputs and outputs correct. Make sure you have time to solve the problem. I would add though, is try to do these practices problems with saying things out loud. Because when you are in the interview, you're not quiet. The conversation between you and the interviewer. So making sure that you're communicating what's going on in your head, especially when you don't know the actual answer. So just like trying to talk things out. So what are some things that the interviewer is looking for while you're doing these problems? The major thing is like you said, that they're hoping that you are able to talk through what exactly your process is. So why exactly did you decide to go with this particular variable? Why exactly did you decide to go from this for loop to evaluate inside of this if statement? blah, blah, blah. What they're also looking for is to see how you are not only able to communicate, but where exactly your points, your, what is it? How you're able to evaluate what exactly is going on when you are facing a problem. So like whether or not you're going to be not as like clearly spoken about like what you're trying to potentially do, or if you are potentially in a situation where you're not necessarily asking for help, maybe. I've heard in different scenarios, like people are looking for making sure that you are able to verbally kind of express like, I might need help with this, or potentially whether or not you understand kind of the flow of how different algorithms potentially work is another thing. Those are the biggest two that I think that I've learned in terms of my experience, but also just making sure that you understand kind of the basics of like where you're going in terms of how like a function expression actually works. Are you able to put down some, not algorithms, but like different steps inside of the expression to get to a certain conclusion for what the function is supposed to be doing? Doing. So mostly the bare bones, like basic things, if you know how to code, but also being able to like communicate as well as you're trying to solve a problem. So yeah. Communication definitely is key because sometimes you'll like look at a problem and you're like, I have no idea how to solve this. So just saying things out loud, trying different things. The interviewer wants you to pass. So they're going to kind of help you along most of the time. <laughs> oh, most, most of the times. Time. Honestly, I have been in so many interviews that I'm just like, please just be a good person. <laughs> like, I will help them along. I will ask them tough questions and then I'll be Look. like, if they don't get it, I'll give them hints so they can get it. You yes. know, I want them to do well. I, we don't want people yeah. to fail in interviews. So no, but you know, just like, of course we have to put that warning out there that, you know, like if you're trying to go to like the fangs, the monk, whatever it's called, you know, there are 
people out there and I don't want to like make there this are like gate a negative keepers, thing. Yes. There are gatekeepers and like they have told them themselves like they're out here like oh if I don't necessarily like this person then like I'm going to give them a harder question and things. Like I don't want people to be discouraged by the fact that there are gatekeepers that are existing out there that are trying to do us harm. It is really about finding your tribe. It is about finding your community. If they're like trying to like prevent you from getting this particular job, you don't want them anyways. Like why? <laughs> why? Yeah. Cause interviews are just two way street, right? It's not just them interviewing you. It's you interviewing the company. See if you like the culture, see if you could work with these people. Cause most of the time the people you're interviewing with are the people you could be working like close to like on your team so it's a two-way street y'all don't have to take the job if you don't like the people it's totally okay so talking about like what employees are looking for is it okay if you don't know the problem to ask clarifying questions or does that make you look bad i would rather you ask a clarifying question if you have thought about it for a little bit if you need it to be repeated because you're still trying to like make sure that you like understand kind of the pieces and how they flow together i'd rather you ask early instead of like feeling like you're stuck that has been my experience as well like being an interviewer and an interviewee right and so i tell my students like if you feel like you need some like clarification on something okay, can you give me an example of what maybe the input would look like uh, in terms of how you're wanting that output to look like potentially? Okay, so are you saying that potentially this might need to be true or something to the effect of that question might also be good as well before you start? Maybe there are a couple of things that you could probably get clarity on while you're actually trying to like execute the problem as well. I would rather you like ask and just kind of see what you can get away with than not and sometimes it just if you get that like little push they're not always going to give you of course the answer or necessarily a clue but maybe that will kind of get you to that next step to help you deduce something that you shouldn't be doing and potentially like put you in the right direction so why not why not ask yeah. Yeah, definitely talking about, like you were saying, the inputs and outputs. Like for me as an interviewer, I'm actually like trying to understand your thought process. So that asking clarifying questions is actually making me happy. <laughs> like yeah. making sure that you understand the problem because when you're in the job, you're going to get a scope of work. It might be vague. So what is a whiteboard challenge? So a whiteboard challenge is basically what it sounds like. A whiteboard challenge is where you're going to be handwriting all of the execution of the problem by hand not specifically on a computer. Typically it is on a whiteboard. It is, again, it's an evaluation that is meant to see if whether or not you were able to solve the problem, mostly without having all of the tools and extensions and like all of the normal things that you would have uh, access to while you're actually coding in real life. So that's something to kind of be mindful of. It kind of helps you dig deeper into your knowledge and the rules that you need to kind of apply in terms of like theoretical coding to try and execute something. So that is definitely a form that people have done <laughs> and it is a very popular form of interview style as well. Very popular. So if you're in person, usually it's like literally a whiteboard is there. You're standing next to your interviewer and y'all are writing with a dry erase marker, all the steps. Sometimes virtually they will have you do it on a Google Doc. That way you don't have the the handicap quotation marks of a code editor. And so that way they understand, like, even if you don't have the syntax right, as long as you get the logic right, that's really what they're looking for. So next one, 
coding challenge. What does that mean? Oh, I feel like this has like a different like set of definitions. But from what I understand, like a coding challenge, you are going to be set up with one particular question. It's probably going to be from a system like Leak Code. What what is it? What are some of the other like little Cold Wars, uh, Hacker Yeah. The, yeah, those like they're, it's either like a practice coding problem for like points or like some type of system, or it's one where it's kind of random, where you have like the interviewer and the interviewee and you are supposed to be like in a timed specific constraint to try and solve a problem and things. In most cases, like they're practice problems where you get points of some kind, some type of validation for that. But I feel like coding challenges are the bigger things that a lot of bigger tech companies are like using nowadays to get over the line of having to interview thousands and thousands upon thousands of people. That is very true. Okay, take home tests take-home tests. So these are a double-edged sword for me. I like them, but I don't like them. With take-home tests, these are typical assessments to which you have a certain amount of time to work on this particular challenge. And they're typically bigger challenges than like a whiteboarding exercise or a coding challenge. So it's going to be more in depth of an assessment of your skills, but you can use all type of resources that you want. The thing that you need to be careful of is that unfortunately some people do this and just, I'm just gonna put it out there right now. Please don't copy, like, please don't cheat. Please don't copy and paste. Like that's the whole point of them trying to assess this is that like they wanna make sure that they understand how you work and they want you to show your work. They want you to evaluate what exactly the conclusions that you came to with this problem because it's going to be a lot more vague of like how you should be solving this particular problem. So as long as you're doing it in those time constraints and make sure that you're evaluating like what your work specifically is and why you're justifying like some of the things that you did and then you turn that in and then they have that evaluation and you present your work, that's the take home, yep. Sydney, you're doing so great. One last one. <laughs> <laughs> we have the system design. Oh my gosh. Like, it's been a while since I've done a system design interview, <laughs> and I don't think that I did well on it personally. So from what I understand about systems design is this is how you are able to evaluate the specific architecture of how you would create a specific, uh, what is it, environment, project, whatever the case is and you have your different tiers on like what you potentially would be doing in terms of algorithms potentially what you might be like trying to do on the front end and back end gosh it's ooh, it's been a while since i've like done anything like that it's definitely one of the bigger ones where you're talking more about what you think should be justified in terms of how you would build a structure instead of actually like going out and coding it. And I think that's the bigger distinction that we need to make with a system uh, design. I movie. love it. You aced all the questions today. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the sticker. Yeah, you get lots of stickers and lots of points. <laughs> so thank y'all for listening to another episode of Deeper Than Tech Podcast. Make sure you review us, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, we're everywhere. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye.